Maria, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Yay, you are welcome. (laughs) You are welcome. It's a joy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) This is basically Oprah of the poetry world. Oh, yeah. Well, so, Maria, we've just had a little, you know, chat about your pipes. We're kind of at the, the, I don't know, for a lot of people, it's like the the one-month anniversary of isolation. Um, And I think everyone's gone a bit kooky, a bit weird. So I'm very happy that you could join me today for the podcast to <laughs> to kind of help ground some people back into the reality of things. Because I think as a poet yeah. and a performance poet, you're very grounding in the things that you talk about because, you know, it's not dressed up in all the fancy language that some poets do, which are also valued for. Um, but I really appreciate the direct way in which you write and which you perform. So I think some grounding today is good for our listeners Thank you. Yes, I think it's uh, six weeks on Sunday was the last time I got on the tube or train or out of my area. So yeah, and when I when I say it like that, that's quite that that sounds like quite a long time. And actually, I've been shocked by how quickly the days are going. Yeah. Um, most days, like most days, me and Matt will look at each other and go like, "Oh God, it's five o'clock." Or, it's six o'clock or we haven't been for our walk yet or whatever um and that's not because you know <laughs> it's just flying by because we're having such a good time but <laughs> i think you you kind of go into um survival mode almost to begin with don't you and you're like i've got you know i've got to do this i've got to do this i've got to do this to sort of get yourself to survive but i think as it's getting more inverted commas normal i'm not doing as much and it is going a little bit slower yeah, I definitely, I definitely have find, finding that. I think it's probably the same with everyone's kind of dipping now. Yeah, that survival thing of got to do this and got to get to this place and need, you know, this many loaves of bread or whatever. Um, <laughs> and now people are like settling into the reality that this isn't going away. Um, mm. And that, you know, the situations that we're in now could be the way that we are for for a while. So you're... You're in London in a, in your flat with with Matt. How is, I am, and you're both performance poets, so you've both yeah. been massively affected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm thinking I should have listened to my mother really after all that. Um, marrying another poet might not be such a good idea, but there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't expect a poet to marry for anything other than love, can you? Really. Well, no, not really. I've been really enjoying some of the content that you've both been putting out on social media. And I really liked um, Matt's nice, gentle appearances at your um, live stream book launch that we did on Instagram. I really I enjoyed my book launch so much. And, you know, it's because you're always going to feel like a bit bit of a dick, aren't you? Can I swear on this? Oh, yeah. Swear away. I can't do a podcast without swearing. Um, Oh, that's okay then. Um, yeah, you always feel a bit of a dick, don't you? You don't want to be that person that's just sort of like, you know, get yeah. get out of my stream, you know, <laughs> get off of my timeline. We get it. Um, but at the same time, you've got to sort of keep yourself sane and you want to celebrate things that you were supposed to be celebrating during this time and sharing work that you were supposed to be sharing during this time. So it's like, I suppose it's, it's, it's having that balance and just, I don't know, doing whatever you need to do for yourself to to get through it but the the book launch I was really like kind of nervous about and then I was like I'm not never done an Instagram live before um 
bit of a mum when it comes to um, technology. But I absolutely loved it. And it was so lovely to have people joining me. And the best thing was, actually, was that I was able to have people there that I wouldn't have been able to have at the launch if it was in London, in a pub. You know, people were watching in, like, France and, like, you know, in different parts of the UK and all all over the place. So it it was really cool to have people there that wouldn't usually be able to be there yeah it is a it is a good platform for that we um i actually got the idea from doing the book launches from a diy punk record label who started doing gigs once a week um and the first one that they did they like shared their feed out with loads of different artists like around the world um and they each did back-to-back sets and like loads of people were like tuning in and it was really, really nice to, like, connect with people on, like, more of a global level as well, you know, because it's people right to Australia mm. listening and watching at the same time. And, you know, you, that kind of interaction, you, you know, you don't quite... Sometimes you can't grasp the whole of the the community or the scene from just one gig. It's like a, a one small chunk of it, isn't it, when you do a book launch in a venue. It's like very yeah, totally, you know, yeah. geography dependent and um, venue dependent. And, you know, it's actually like just a really nice, accessible way to, to bring people in. It was really lovely. And I had an excuse to, you know, put some makeup on and wash my hair and put on a bra, <laughs> um, which, which I haven't been doing much of. No, so I have to admit, I haven't done that really at all. At yeah. All, really. Well, what's the point? I don't know. I also, looked... makeup's expensive, so you know yeah i only bought my mascara and face highlighter thing you know the thing i don't know what it's called the thing you know um so i can't even wear makeup because i would just look really weird but there, <laughs> there, my mum showed me this video yesterday of this this uh, makeup vlogger person and her like husband has like put his hands like in her sleeves so she's doing like this makeup tutorial but his hands are the ones applying the makeup and like by the end, she just looks like a five-year-old's done her face. Um, and but she's she's so like deadpan the whole way through. It's amazing. So I just watched that really, I love and I'm that. like, yeah, it's really really good. I think I, I'll uh, I might try and link it at some point on my personal social media. So I will share that. It's quite funny. Please do. I will look out for that. Yeah. But so um, like your back to your book launch, we're talking about like having accessible to like lots of people. You also had guests. Mm. Like, it must be really useful living with another poet in in a way because then you can just rope them into being your guest at all of your digital events from now on. Yeah, now a very special guest. <laughs> I just happen to have my Abbott poet. Um, yeah, it's cool. And, you know, because we, we're both doing um, a few bits online. I've, so I've done a couple on Zoom and I've done one on um, uh, Facebook Live and stuff like that lots of different channels yeah. and it's cool because also the other one can kind of be at least a semi-audience for the other one yeah um because it is quite strange actually when you're really getting into sort of a gig and and talking and then you realize that you are just looking at yourself on yeah. a screen <laughs> it's a bit yeah it's a bit 1984 and it? it's a bit big brother with black mirror vibes i've been putting my pandas out whenever I <laughs> whenever i do something i've got like an army of pandas soft toy pandas in my room because i'm that person um <laughs> and i put them out to be a sort of little audience so i don't feel like i'm on my own that's and that so does sound cute. mental now i'm saying it out loud but <laughs> a know. behind the scenes exclusive 
you've got to do you've got to do something haven't you what is a group of pandas yeah you know what i don't actually know i should know that shouldn't i being the the panda fiend that i am but um so you had laurie bulger join your facebook book launch Um, lovely laurie sharing wonderful poems about clapping for the nhs i took a pan out in the street yesterday banging it yeah (laughs) my one of my best friends two of my best friends are nurses Kira and Melissa and Melissa um, tested positive for COVID two days ago and she was in work plus week with really insufficient um, PPE. Yeah. Uh, So I took out my saucepan (laughs) to the street and started banging it and shouting a bit. Just (laughs) I know that, you know, that's not going to make life any better for uh, these nurses and carers and all the other key workers but I don't know again you've got to do something you've just got to try and make yourself feel better about everything well I'm very sorry to hear about your friend and I really hope that she gets well soon as I'm sure everyone else listening does as well and yeah banging pots in the street you know is really cathartic you know you've got to do something you've got that nervous energy built up you know and um, it's a symbolic gesture that I think, yeah, if you can find comfort in that, then definitely do it, mm. you know. I just wanted to talk a bit about the actual book, the book yes. that everyone's talking about. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right, girl. Let's talk about the book regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. Yeah, you released All Right, Girl, um just before we went into lockdown um, and kind of mm. plans changed, you know, the whole structure of how you're going to promote the book is like off it. It's gone off the rails. You know, we've been doing lots of things and I know you've done um, Sonic Use and some other online events to try and promote mm. the book and stuff like that. But I just wanted to talk kind of, you know, in praise of, you know, regardless of what's happening and in praise of the collection that is just so heartfelt and so lovingly put together and I don't I don't know about other people's experience of reading the book but my experience of reading the book is that it is a it's just like a hug from my from all the women in my family and all of the female friends that I've grown up with I think there's so much shared experience there or things that are like parallel to experiences that I've had that it's I love that book and I've turned to it loads over the past few weeks for a bit of comfort um oh thanks mate it's it's that's all I can hope for, really. Yeah, I think uh, I speak for pretty much everybody that's bought the book that they're all taking some some comfort from the poems that you've got in there. And I just wanted to ask you mainly where the inspiration for writing the collection came from. Like, what um, I know you've done two books before this with Oberon Books, um, which was show scripts for um, Essex Girl and uh, Fat Girls Don't Dance. Um, I just mm. want to talk about why this collection is different from those texts other than the kind of obvious structure. Well, yeah, it's strange because they are very different, but also I feel like they, they're almost like a, a trilogy of sort of the, this stage of my career and my life. And um, I feel like this, this collection sort of tied everything up in that way because I feel like all of the work, that I've made so far, including those theatre shows or plays or whatever it's called. I never know what to call them, whatever they are. They're, they're all exploring sort of the the same thing of grappling with 
with yourself as you're growing up, grappling with your your background, with uh, you know your appearance, appearance about um, where you're going in your life, your dreams and aspirations, your limitations, um, and sort of just coming to terms with with you as a person, and in my case as a woman. And I feel, I really do feel like I'm in a point of my life now where I'm starting like a new phase of my life. And I feel like the work that I've done so far with both of those shows and with this collection, that stands for that period of my life that I'm now sort, sort of leaving behind. And it was really important for me to, to stick with themes that are recurring in my work, themes like body image and femininity of class, gender roles and stereotypes uh, within different classes. And, you know, to to sort of, write about these shared experiences that we that we have when we're growing up and and yeah celebrating the the women in my life um that have made an effect on me in whatever way yeah but I guess I guess with this it, it it's different because it's poetry but also because it's more of a feeling I have you know I have I have a completely different sort of feeling towards my my poetry than I do towards my theatre work. And I don't know whether that's because of, you know, sort of the, the already embedded sort of elitist and um, class issues that, you know, that surround poetry. I mean, they surround theatre as well. Um, but I've, I've never felt like a poet, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've felt more like I could write um, a show and perform it and be accepted than to write a poetry collection and be accepted. Obviously, being an editor for Burning Eye Books, I come across this a lot with a lot of people who I approach about uh, producing a collection with us and they would, you know, a common response is like, oh, I don't know if I would consider myself a poet like that, like a published, like a book poet. Mm. And sometimes I can't yeah. change their mind um, because of whatever path they're on or whatever. But I think sometimes, like, getting them on board and, and being able to show them you know, that writing a collection is, is just the same amount of passion and work and dedication that a show takes, um, mm. you know, it is... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's an, an arc, and especially your book, because it, it, it follows narrative arcs within narrative arcs within it. I think you keep that that sense of, of uh, th- theatrics in that, because you, you constantly kind of... You're, you're move, there's an overarching theme, but you're constantly moving back and forth between memories and, and reflecting on who you are now and who you are then. And, um, and yeah, like you say, it like really ties in with the, with the first two show scripts in that way. And I feel like All Right Girl is, yeah, an acceptance of self, definitely. Mm. I think yeah. that is yeah. yeah a really good description of it. I think it works really well as that. And it's interesting as well because you're you're kind of you you write these things at a time when you're trying to find your identity, and now kind of with the uh, published version of All Right Girl, it's interesting that you say that you're now like ready to to start a new phase. Yeah, and I think that that's not only with with myself and my uh, personal life, but also with my um, my career and my creative life as well. Um, that is wanky, didn't it? But um, <laughs> what I mean is, um, I feel like, yeah, in the past, I've been sort of very reliant on um, p- performance. And I've always sort of thought that I've 
I'm a much stronger performer than I am a writer and I, I've never really had much faith in my writing but I have worked really really hard on it and I'm getting to the point now where I'm more confident in the fact that I can write and I'm starting to write things for other people and for other voices um, or to just be read on the page um, and, and not have um, as much fear towards that um, but embracing it and um, you know I don't have to rely on being able to perform something to write something good and so yeah I feel like I'm, I'm moving more into a phase of being comfortable just writing and not writing for my specific voice and that's very exciting to me like I'm really excited to um, move forward and, and and take on projects that allow me to do that so I'm very glad that um, you know because this this collection is very personal it's very personal it's very accessible um, it, it's um, very uh, professional it's all of the things that people say that are naff in poetry in poetry land and I'm actually glad it's all of those things and I was worried for a little while really I was quite down on myself that you know that I was like a basic writer and you know like like you said earlier I, I write quite um to, to the point there's not there's not much flower and graces about the things that I write but that's you know that's just my style you know mm. and um there's there's a lot of arguments towards it I, I remember on a, a couple of days after it came out actually I saw a tweet from a, a very you know well-respected poet <laughs> um, who I like very much who will remain nameless <laughs> who I like very very much and um, have, have read a lot of their work um, and I'm a big fan actually and it was a tweet sort of to the tune of just because a poem makes you feel something it doesn't make it a good poem terrible poems have made me feel a certain way that doesn't mean it, it's good Ooh. and it really affected me because Ooh. for for me, that's all I want from a poem. Yeah. You know, that's that's all poetry's ever been for me. I've always turned to poetry in the times when I've wanted to feel like somebody else has felt the way I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, I'll be, I'll be flicking through poetry collections, trying to find the, the poem that makes me feel like I'm not alone, yeah. that I'm safe and that I can connect with. I'm not... I'm not really one to read, to, to connect with poems where I have to search and dig and try to find w what the thing is. Like, I want to automatically feel something. It, do it, it, it doesn't mean to say that I feel the way that I was intended to or that it's, it, it doesn't have all of those layers. But if a poem doesn't make me feel something, then I'm like, well, what's the point of it then? Yeah. So it was kind of difficult for me to hear that and mm. sort of know that really... In, in poetry land, um, my work would probably be considered as, you know, all of those things that yeah. uh, is not desirable in poetry. Yeah, but I but, think, I don't know, on the other hand, though, I've I've read a lot of, like, like poetry that has really tried to, to be a poem in the traditional sense of the word poem and has has fallen flat and I'm like okay well it follows all the the regular you know academic needs of that kind of poem but what like it's shit like <laughs> you yeah. know I think you're yeah. like you're right like poetry is diverse that's what burning eye books are about it's to show that yeah. it is diverse and we've we publish a broad spectrum of things 
things that are you know more technical right all the way to to like people that are just like you know rapping you know it's 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 a spectrum like poetry is there to be interpreted in all ways including you know the style and there's i and there's a lot of um the classism to be unpicked from that as well well yeah i mean this is the other thing because i've always felt quite um alienated by yeah. the poetry and by the poetry community and the poetry world mm. so you know if if someone who um feels that way can relate to and enjoy my work then why sh- why should i not be proud of that why should i be ashamed of that and if my poetry is easy to understand and accessible to a lot of people why sh- why should i be ashamed of that either yeah um Art is meant you know, to be enjoyed I, by as many I people want, as possible, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, I want people to be able to understand and enjoy my work. I don't, I've never really understood why that's such a bad thing. Maybe I'm just reading it wrong and it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, it can be those things as well as all the other stuff. I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I think that was a. Basically, <laughs> I was a bit worried about it and I was a bit sort of oh you know but it's not proper poetry and I'm not a proper poet um but now that it's out and people are reading it and I'm getting responses from people and messages from people saying how much they do you know um relate to it yeah that's what I wanted that's good I'm glad that you're happy with it because I'm happy with it we're I think this is going to be a a good long selling book in terms of you know, I think it's going to have a, a good longevity. Is that the word I'm looking for? Hmm. Or... I t- yeah, I'd hope so. I've yeah. been so thrilled with how many um, copies I've sold already. But <laughs> I don't know whether that's because we're in the midst of a global crisis and everyone feels sorry for, for the poet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I've lost all my work. Buy my book. Oh, but, you know, OK, then I'll buy your book. <laughs> Well, I mean, but, um, every, every bloody little helps at the end of the day, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, I think there was... Um, I was uh, listening to the radio earlier and it was saying something, I might have misheard, but it was saying something like 9% of people want it to go back to normal. 9%. The rest of us want change because the, 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 the there's a new sense of community now. And, and it's um, mm. reminding people what community is and how important and how powerful it is. So, yeah. I, so I'm, you know, at, at this time, I think, you know, when the lockdown happened, I think so many arts organisations, public, you know, presses, um, everything, they were just so quick to, like, cushion the fall of it. And I think there's mm. been some amazing responses to, like, online stuff and, and work that's committed and things. And... I'm really antisocial and I don't really like going outside very much. So I really enjoy going to like poetry gigs and poetry workshops now because I can just sit in my room and do it. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing like a um, playwriting course on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. 11 Amazing. And I'm like, I'd never do that. I'd yeah. never do that. Sundays are sacred and they're so important to me <clears> to, <throat> you know, be able to sort of just chill and drink tea and spend time with with loved ones you know yeah but you know I'm like okay well it's on Sunday at 11 I haven't got to get dressed I haven't got to leave my house it's with an amazing um tutor called Paddy Hughes he's brilliant and um 
I can just have a crack pit and a cup of tea and listen to someone talk about playwriting and, and then go and do some homework <laughs> in the week. Yeah. yeah, it's little things like that are keeping me sane. Cecilia Knapp's workshops on a Wednesday, 2pm. She's doing uh, workshops uh, on Crowdcasts. They've been like the highlight of my week as well. I saw Laurie Bolger did one on Instagram Live the other night. Like, yeah. you know, people are adapting <clears throat> so quickly to it and using their skills and sort of... But also, like, there's, you know, even though you put pressure on yourself, there's no pressure within the community. This is the mm. best thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, I feel so guilty because some days, like yesterday I woke up and I was like, nah, not not on it today. I was supposed to, like, write a scene yesterday. And I was like, no. I'm gonna. I I, I want to drink a cup of tea and have a couple of chocolate hobnobs and watch this country yeah. in bed. Great show. Great show. And then I feel guilt. I feel guilty for doing that. But if you say to someone that that you know in our position, you know I'm feeling really rubbish and that's what I want to do. No one's going to be like, well, you know, you really shouldn't. You should write that scene like you said you were going <laughs> to in the midst of this panic. Yeah. You know, it's no excuse. Get dressed. Get, get, get to your laptop. Get on the table. Nobody's saying that. Every, you know, everyone's saying, look after yourself. Do what you need. Like, it's, a, it's amazing how any of us are even getting up and flicking the bloody kettle on after time. Yeah, big up so, to everybody that's just doing that every day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, Matt does make me feel bad. See, like, I don't know how he does. He strings out of bed, he goes <laughs> to his laptop, he's working all day. I'm just like, all right, mate, you do you. But that's how he's adapted to it. That's how he's reacted to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He's, yeah. like, gone into, like, work mode and it gets him through the day and that works for him. Yeah. And, you know, eating hobnobs and watching this country works for me. So let it be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let it be. You have to listen to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your mind mm. at a time like this. You know, you want to call your mum, call your mum. You want to have a bath, have a bath. Want to go for a walk, go for a walk. You know, what I'm doing is at the end of every day, I'm just writing down one thing that I've done that I'm like, you know, that was not even a productive thing to do, but that was something I've done today that was useful to yeah. me. Yeah. It's been useful to the situation and useful to me as a person and that could be anything that could be baking a cake or making a nice um dinner for you you know whoever you live with or it could be writing a poem or doing a workshop or you know or even just getting dressed and having a shower and getting dressed that day because you felt like shit yeah you know if you just write down one thing and think that's the thing that I've done today then I think that should be good enough for anyone and like you can't force yourself either can you because you know, if I sit down at an empty screen for a couple of hours, I'm going to go mad, aren't I? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, if I watch this country... But prime example, I've, I've wanted to enter this monologue competition. I was going to ask you um, about, about the monologue stuff because I know you just heard that your monologue got accepted. Yeah, so I, wrote, like, I wanted to enter this monologue competition with the Paradox Theatre, so... Um, and I've got, I've been actually writing a lot of female monologues over the past little while. I've got like a big file of those monologues, but I wanted to write a new one for this competition. I just couldn't do it. I, I tried and I couldn't do it. And so I had a couple of days where I did just like watch, you know, read a play, read poems, whatever. I had a little bit of reading, watching, chilling time. Yeah. And then the next day I was like, oh, okay, I've got an idea. 
And I wrote a monologue in like half an hour and I was like, oh, I really like that. I'm going to send it. And I sent it and it it won the competition. Yeah. And I just, yeah. <laughs> and I just don't think if I'd have forced myself to write something, I would have got anything out of it. And I definitely don't think I would have, you know, ended up submitting anything and, and eventually winning something. So I just think it is just so important to listen to yourself and not force yourself to write. Cause it's going to be shit anyway. If you want to do like pages in the morning, like a free write or whatever, that's cool. But don't put like pressure on yourself, you know. Yeah, I feel like I've got more autonomy about how I want to do do things. And I think I feel like there's a lot less pressure to write now that I've kind of settled into mm. it and things like that. Which is which is really nice, I think, because I'm I just kind of struggle with that a lot quite a lot. But I think because of the access of like all of these workshops and, and courses and funds and like little bits and competitions and things, because I'm spending more time kind of looking for those kinds of things now. And and like time in 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 lockdown time has now become irrelevant because you're not dedicating certain blocks of time to travel you can do things as immediately or as slowly as you like yeah and i think that's and it's mad really because freeing. some days i feel like i'm like going boom, 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 and getting loads of stuff done and going hey look at me <laughs> and then the next day it takes me like two hours to do something that would you know usually take me five minutes yeah but I'm I'm glad to hear that you're keeping busy and you're you've got some stuff and I'm really looking forward to um this monologue coming out. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Are you allowed to? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not it's you know not a massive deal. I just had to write a monologue like just two to five minutes. Um, but the thing that was exciting for me was that all of the stuff that I've written so far, both of my shows and you know my poems. I, you know, I perform them myself. And it's only recently, as I said earlier, that um, I'm looking at writing things that other people would perform. So this is actually the first time I would have had an actor perform something I'd written. Because yeah. usually I just do both. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> I have a director, but with both of my shows, I've written them, I perform them and I've produced them. So that's a that's a control freak if ever I did hear it one. <laughs> so with this, it's really interesting. So yeah, Paradox Theatre they put out a call for for writers and for actors. So if you're an actor, you have to send your show reel, and if you're a writer, you have to send a monologue. And they picked one monologue and one actor. And I go, I was saying to Matt, I was just like, oh, then you know, I must have been the only one that submitted, <laughs> you know. So, so, but it turns out I wasn't. Um, so yeah, I've got a great actor Yolanda who's going to be performing and Phoebe Rhodes is the director so they're we're gonna have like a zoom call everyone loves a bit of zoom right now didn't even know what it was a month ago no, didn't know no. what zoom the people at zoom was. are laughing um so we, yeah we're gonna have a zoom call and then Phoebe and Yolanda are gonna work on work on the monologue and then um it's going to be filmed and then put online so great. um the experience of listening to my work from someone else's mouth that's so exciting for me because I've never had that before <clears throat> but also like uh the fact that I can just step away that I just go there you go and then I step away it's it's like a it's a big deal for me yeah but, I um, how that's I'm trying, feel. trying to write <laughs> you know it, feel, it you feels weird that. but kind of nice yeah when you get like, to I'm the trying to write product it's like there's a there's a level of removal there isn't there so it, it you know 
it would be interesting to also hear how you it's... how you then evaluate the work after in in kind of contrast yeah. to how you've done your other shows where it's you have done everything but yeah that's really exciting and earlier yeah. you were like oh it's not a big deal but it is a big deal mate it is a big deal and congratulations oh, well done thanks. well done thanks um i'm Thank gonna you. i'm gonna wrap this up in a minute but i just wanted to know whether you wanted to give us a quick poem from the book do a poem yeah, shall I? Shall I do a poem? Yeah, it'd be lovely. Have you got any poem. requests? Requests. I feel like I'm reading. I feel like I'm reading the same ones when I do the gigs and stuff. Have you got any requests, or shall I just? I'm worried. Now. I haven't read much. Of? <laughs> well, um, a, a hidden gem. Give us a hidden gem. Hidden gem. Hard for me, isn't it? As the writer to try and pick a hidden gem. Oh, mate! When I, I had a pamphlet, it was only fifteen poems in there. I ran out of poems after two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do a, um, a prose crazy one, Halloween, which is probably the one, the only one that I thought about taking out of the book and left it in. And I feel like that 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 says something, but I don't know what that means yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's read Halloween because it's the one I'm most scared of, actually. Oh, okay. All right. And well, I'm scared of it because it's very revealing. It's just, um, I think it's when my mental health has been at its lowest point. And it's about sort of entering into a relationship and, and being scared of that because of, you know, a relationship that didn't work in the past. I wore my big coat last night for the first time this winter. The one I got at that market in Italy, even though it was 25 degrees, I wanted to spoil myself, bring back some of whatever had gone to make me feel okay again. I had boot prints on my stomach, dust in my hair. He said he'd never hurt me. I had a white pizza with seafood, crisp white wine. I read Armitage by the pool and rose from the dead. I wore my red dress. I went walking. I didn't know you existed yet. He said he would never hurt me. I wear a silver ring most days with a green stone in it. The one I got at that market in Italy. I wanted to spoil myself. It needs a clean. I had sex with you this morning. Last night I cried twice. You made me tea and jam on toast. I've made it out alive. I mentioned his name in your company. I don't know why. He said he would never hurt me. My jeans were getting tight. What took us so long? Why didn't you realise the boys are all on acid? They're listening to Elton John. I wanted so badly to be loved. We've put the heating on. Nearly November, nearly 29, nearly telling you how I feel. From this position, I can only see one of your eyes. I keep mine open sometimes when we kiss. I think you might like my body. It makes me not hate it so much. It is colder, but the sun is out. Crisp white wine, he said he would never hurt me. Sticky strawberry jam, let's share this slice. Orange juice, another train, I need a new pair of trainers. My hair is getting long. I might throw out his books. This isn't the poem I wanted to write. Different vinyl every week, MDMA on a DVD, throwing up acid and cider. I kiss you everywhere. There's a woman on the train looking at me like she knows exactly what I am thinking. I look away and she smiles. Nearly 29. I almost say it this time. I mouth it to your back. He said he would never hurt me. 
I couldn't get out of bed, not even to shower, not even to piss, another UTI. This jam's got whole strawberries in it, sticky lips, you tie me to the bed. He said he would never hurt me, rocket man on repeat. I try to find you in the dark, I've never been good at explaining myself. I say things without thinking, let me think, sinking into your sofa, Chattanooga the pat. He said you would never, never, never. It's all a bit scary, isn't it? We stay in bed till two, boot prints on my stomach, your smile in the mornings, dust in my hair. If you did, you wouldn't know it. If you did, you wouldn't know it, darling, would you? Would you know it? There you go. Beautiful. I remember that reading, reading that when I uh, typeset the collection now. I love that piece. I think that is one of the ones that I really related to in a, in a lot of ways. Um, so thank you so much. I, for... I think it's probably, it's, it's probably like, um, you know, all, all of, it's probably the one in there that's least like me. So I don't know why I read it <laughs> because there's other pieces in there which are, but I think I've done a lot of them a lot. And I don't read that piece a lot because it's not so much like me. But, yeah. but there you go. It's in there. It's part of it. So Yeah. I don't know. I think it's um, really nice. I think the visuals in it are very you. And I really like it. I really mm. like the, the, the way that you've moved through it as a, as a whole piece. So thanks very much for sharing. You are welcome. It's the one that I was scared of my mum reading. So they... They say that, don't you? That you should write stuff that you that your parents would be, you, yeah, yeah, something like that, or that you know you're be worried about your parents reading, or or that you shouldn't think about your parents reading your work when you're writing it because you you won't write what what you need to. I think you shouldn't worry about what any anyone reading your work is when you first write it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Maria, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been thank you really nice to catch up. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad that we uh, were able to do the book launch for you and I'm really glad that you enjoyed it and it went really well and for anyone listening at home if you haven't bought Maria's Alright Girl um, you can buy it directly from Maria we uh, recommend doing that you might get a signed copy if you do that um, I just wanted to finish by letting everybody know that the plural of pandas it's an embarrassment of pandas what? the collective noun um, and, and that's that... exactly what I am an absolute embarrassment so <laughs> <laughs> so that's perfect putting my pandas out for my audience an embarrassment of pandas that's too perfect I love it um, and on that note I'm going to say goodbye thanks for listening everybody um, and we'll catch you soon